Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the seatbelt sign and you are free to move around the cabin. I'd like to remind you though, for your safety, please keep your seatbelt fastened whenever you do remain in your seat. Donner Lounge is an airline employee travel and aviation podcast. Monique and Tyler are a brother and sister combo that discuss our non-draft travels as well as having guests on to share their trips and tips. After we realized that Monique and I sit and talk every time we're together, all we talk about is work and, and travel, where we do want to go, where we've been. We thought we should record ourselves doing it, get other people to come on with us and we'll share their stories and their trips. I know for me, being on the employee bus, you would listen to all the employees, the airline employees talk about the trips they've been on. And if you didn't know they were, you know, people that threw luggage and worked as gate agents and flight attendants and pilots, you would think we were the richest people in the world flying all over the world. And, and it was fun. It was, that's, so that's, I feel like that's why we wanted, we decided we should start this podcast. This, we love to talk about it. We love to get ideas from other people. And I'm hoping that we can hear things from people and get ideas people that you know, no means are we experts on traveling but we love to talk about it and so that's our our goal yeah that's exactly there's like two things that gate agents talk about when we go into our break room we talk about how passengers are and then we talk about the trips that we've been on if anyone's been on a trip everyone knows that where they went and they want to hear about it as soon as they walk in that break room it's like judy where'd you go how was it how was the food how was this like we just that's what you do. You want to hear about where everyone's going because you're going to put it on your li- list next if it's going to be a good one. So I want to hear people's crazy stories. I want to hear people's fun stories. I want to yeah. how did you get there? Because I never thought about going that route. That makes sense to do that. Or I like want to hear their ideas and what worked and what didn't. Yeah. So that's kind of our goal, I think, for this podcast is to for us to learn. And maybe you can learn things that the, the other people that have flown different places and some tips about maybe things that they did or how they got there. So should be fun. All right. So Monique has worked for the airline industry for about six years. Um, she's worked for two different airlines and she's worked as a baggage handler, ramper uh, in the reservations and now as a gate agent. She had flight benefits for two years before you got with the your, job. With your with benefits? Mine. Yeah, you're on my benefits. So mm-hmm. you've been traveling for about eight years and you had a, a gap in between the two. So you've had benefits for a couple of years and then you lost them for a few years and then you got the airline job where you got your own benefits and you've had them for six years with those two different airlines. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about where you're working now or what you're doing now and do a little by yourself. Yeah. So now I'm a gate agent. Most of the time, yeah, I'm at the gates loading people onto the planes, doing all that. I've been doing that for about three years now, almost coming up right on my three-year anniversary of being at the airport. Before that, I was at the reservation center for the airlines on the phones, helping people with different things like that. So you worked on the ramp in Phoenix in the summer. Yeah. When I first started with the airlines, that's where I was. I was on the ramp here in Phoenix. I was only out there for about four months, but I started in May and went through the hottest months. And then I was done with them in like <laughs> September. So I would, I could do that. And I figured I could do anything. So what was worse, the, the ramp in the summer or in Phoenix or reservations during weather season? Oh, reservations hands down is the worst place to be. <laughs> I would, I would take 120 then plus the jet blast or whatever from the planes that make it what 180 out there over weather and reservations any day. Pretty miserable. Worst. Oh yeah. <laughs> So moving to a gate agent was a good thing. 
Oh yeah, it was, it's the best over there. Compared to res, it's the breeze. So what is your longest flight you've taken? Probably the longest flight time was in LA to Auckland that I took when I was in ninth grade. Cause I think that was about a 14 hour flight. So I think that, and that was, that was a confirmed ticket. That was, I think that probably remember, was my longest flight. Do you remember the airline or the, the kind of plane it was on? I know it was Qantas. And I want to say it was a 47 because I remember looking at the window. Not, I didn't know planes at all at that time, Yeah. but I remember seeing it had like the big hump. I remember thinking, oh, wow, it's like two stories, but it wasn't a full two stories. It was just. Okay. So you've flown on a 747. I haven't. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <but> I, someday. <laughs> I just remember the couple in front of me was making out like the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to do on a long flight? <laughs> So what about as a non well, what what's your what's your longest as since you've been an non-rev? Possibly it may be from Miami to Santiago, Chile. Because I okay. think that was like a nine hour flight. So when and you came I back from Madrid, that was Madrid to JFK, I don't think that's longer. Oh, you you went to JFK. You didn't go to Dallas from Madrid. Okay. Yeah, because then we wanted to take the twenty one T from JFK to LA. And that's what we got. So, because we wanted to be as laid down as much as possible. That's nice. the goal. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to make a connection to get it. Yeah. Very cool. So, what's your next next trip? Uh, probably just Besides... to Salt Lake. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, right now, it's hard to make any kind of plans to really think about. I know there's places I would like to go to. Like, I still would really like to go to Scotland, like Edinburgh. Is Edinburgh? yeah whatever that's because they've got this, the castle there that's supposed to look kind of like the harry potter hogwarts like the school so i think that would be cool to go see but really no plans until things open up again so in a couple episodes i want to do make like our year yeah but for travel and we can have an oh, episode cool. where we talk about that and we can yeah understanding that we have to be realistic but also we can have some dreams and yeah we'll, we'll decide we'll talk about places that we want to go because i've got a couple too well that's because i was thinking the other day yes yeah, some of my like favorite trips have been like quick trips like that madrid one the santiago one, like they're not even like huge trips but they're just kind of like let's just go see something something new yeah something that you can do as a non-rev that normal people can't generally or i mean it's it would be expensive it would be really unrealistic for a lot of people yeah especially when i look to do those trips it's i want to do it first class because that's part of the experience of going on that trip. It's like, okay, well, we're going to fly first class to Europe or whatever for two days and then fly back. So, Monique, where did your uh, love of travel come from? I think my love of travel came from our parents. Being school teachers, they had a very set schedule. So anytime we did have time off, I feel like they had some kind of trip planned. Don't you think so? Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think that's probably where a lot of mine came from. I we didn't grow up flying, though, correct? No, no. That's it. They were road trips. That's what I was gonna say. It's anytime it, yeah, she could plan to do something or go somewhere, even if it was small. Went out, we were seeing new things. So, I think for me, even being young, it was just you looked forward to kind of exploring. Yeah, I think I think so too. That's we grew up traveling, even if it wasn't big trips. So, what where did the airline part come in for you? When did you realize like you wanted to be in an airline, not just travel, but aviation travel 
first job was up in Salt Lake right out of high school. I didn't even necessarily want the job, but Chelsea was, our sister was already working there. And she was like, it's easy money. Just come get a job. And mom and dad were pressuring me, pressuring me to get a job. So I went in, I got the job with Prospect. And yeah, so I worked, I did like wheelchairs for them. I did their unaccompanied minors program with them. And I did the electric cart. And I think just being around all the, the passengers and putting them on planes, having them go everywhere. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I kind of like this. This is cool. And then you started working for the airlines and then I started getting flight benefits. And then I was really sold. I was like, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. Until you lost your benefits. Well, yeah, then I lost them. And then I was like, well, no, I better get my own wings. It was depressing without them. Okay. So did you get the, the job with the airline just for the benefits or was there more of a long-term goal? No, there was a long-term goal because I kind of decided, you know what, I, I'd love to explore. I'd love to do that. So I think I want to try to go in flight. So I'd applied for multiple mainline and express in-flight, like flight attendant positions, and they kept turning me down. And so when I got the job on the ramp, I was like, all right, I'm in. Like I knew for the long haul, I wanted to be in aviation. I wanted to be in the airline industry. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So Tyler, so you've been working on the ramp since 2008, correct? Yes. Since 2008. And you've been on the ramp the whole time? Yeah. I've worked different positions on the ramp, but it's always under um, category. Yeah. Do you remember the hottest day that it's been when you've been out on the ramp since you're in Phoenix? I don't necessarily know the hottest day. I know it's, it's got up to over 120, 121 probably drink a lot of water and deal with it. So. Did you work a couple years ago in Phoenix? They had to shut down the express flights because it was too hot for them. Were you working to that during that time? Do you remember? I don't, I don't know if I worked any of those days exactly, but I remember that. I remember, yeah, because I think the express ones, um, they can only land or take off when it, hit, when it hits a certain amount. So they just canceled for a couple of days. Like there was nothing in or out. So I remember those days. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, because I, well, I remember working the reservation side of that and having to like rebook all these people because yeah, planes weren't taken on, those express weren't been able to leave out of Phoenix. Do you remember your first non-RF trip that you took? So my first, the first trip that I, I believe I took was up to Salt Lake, where our family's at. Um, I, I think it, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I would have went over there just to test out the benefits the first time. So nothing too big or crazy, but just a, just a quick trip up there. And it's pretty cool to be able to get on a plane and just, fly somewhere for free. I mean, that was just so different. And so that's what I looked through, forward through all training. I remember the whole, every day in class was, when are they going to teach about the benefits? When are they going to teach about the benefits? And so I don't care about all the city codes <laughs> yeah. and the, the rules. Just show me about the benefits. You know what I was just thinking? that You used to keep track of all your flights and like the distances. Do you still have that Excel? Um, yeah, I do like somewhere. Because the first five years I was working, I... I was averaging 112 flights a year. And so I would keep track of when I flew, where I flew. And I would kind of look up and see how much was it if I was to buy those tickets, just to kind of be like, I'm only making a few dollars an hour. I mean, it was pretty low paying, but what would would it cost if I was to do this just to, yeah, I still have that somewhere. That would be interesting to to go back and look at that to see the different trips you took and 
All right. So with your benefits, when you're not married, you get a registered companion or a person to travel with, right? Like a travel buddy. Yeah. So with you've our had a couple different ones. Yeah, I had three. Who was your favorite? My favorite. Well, since I know that my yeah, wife is was, not going to listen your... to this, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it was you. We had a good time traveling. That's the correct answer. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And then what was the longest flight that you've been on? So the longest one would have been London back to Phoenix. Um, was it a year ago? May? Not this May because we could go to London. But yeah, we came back from London to Phoenix would have been the longest one on a the triple seven. We got business class coming back because we connected from uh, Helsinki to, to London and then London to Phoenix. So that was my longest wow. one. And you and you got business class on that? Yeah. Me and Katie, Katie, my wife, got business class. So we went, we got it going there too from Dallas to London, but coming back, we got it. Uh, it seems so quick. It, I, when I flew, you flew to other long routes like that, being in business class seems like it's, you know, five hours instead of the nine or 10 hours that it is from London to Phoenix. Well, I was going to say, one of the best benefits of being up front on those internationals is being the first off. So you're like the first through customs. You can get through pretty quick. It's also, you know, yeah, you don't have to think about it because you think about how nice it is to be in the pod and lay down and sleep and stuff, which is amazing. But to be able to get off and get out of that line quick is also really, really nice. And a few times we've hit London with the in business class and they'll give mm. you the, the they get through the quicker one do you know what i'm talking about i think yeah i think my my friend and I, when we went to london we got to get through like the that. like the express customs so you don't have mm -hmm. to wait in the crazy lines because then when we flew from helsinki to london we, we didn't even get we didn't get those and so we, we had to wait in the the forever line with everyone else so yeah the if nothing else that it cut us from like two hours in customs to like 35 minutes. That's, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's really nice. What was the last trip that you took? So not really a trip, but last time I flew, Katie, my wife's grandfather, he's a, he was a pilot for United. He passed away. And so they buried him in Salt Lake. And so our airline flew us all up there. Um, I think total... We had 20 tickets, then they guaranteed seats in to uh, Salt Lake, my in-laws. So that was our last one. Um, we took the kids up there and went up to the, the funeral and to the gravesite. So that was a kind of a cool thing that an airline did for us to, during that bereavement time. And we've had that before, That's too, nice. when, when our grandfather passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's, it's nice that they, they help bring those families together in that time to, to grieve together. I like that. Yeah, it's definitely a nice benefit of the airlines to have that. Yeah, that's what our airline. And I'll have a friend. Hopefully, we can get her on here with us. But as she, they flew her back from Zurich from her grandfather. Her mom was retired um, with the airline, and they flew her and her sister all the way back from Zurich to Salt Lake for um, the funeral, and then back to Zurich. So that's not a cheap, I think, I mean, they didn't guarantee business, but they ended up put her in business class. And so and she had a, a seat and she was going to be there for it. So very cool. Yeah. Especially since those are most of the time short notice tickets too. So those, those are expensive tickets to buy. Yeah, they are. So the, the, the company does that for you. That's nice. 
Are there any other facts you would like to share about yourself? I'm hoping that with this podcast, we can, uh, it'll encourage me to travel more. I haven't traveled as much, um, having three kids as I was when I was single, but, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, this will get us out and get us traveling more and traveling on different airlines and different parts of the world. It's a, interesting to see a graph of how many flights you were taking before you had kids. And then all of a sudden when you had kids to see it go, <laughs> yeah. So I think it was uh, uh, about 112 flights before when I was single. And when I got married, it went to 75. And then we had our first kid and it went to about 50. And then a second one, like 45. And then we'll see how the third one is. She's only two months old. So she's already been on a flight though, but we'll, we'll see how, how it goes from here. Oh man. Kids are the worst. <laughs> the worst. I mean, I saw a those little scooter willy bag thingies yeah i was thinking that's what you need to get get for your boys i think that they would love those in the airport yeah they probably lose them though <laughs> that's just like but that would be hard to keep them still on like almost leashes and on scooters because you know they're not staying next to you if they've got those yeah my kids love to fly though you know that they they love the airport oh yeah and uh my oldest jake he had flown on 50 flights I think when he was about a year and a half, a year old, he had been, I mean, most of them were short, but he'd been to Hawaii a time or two, um, back east a few times. So, yeah, we just drug him around with us when he went. And so he loves it. They both, both boys love it. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to work in the airline industry as well because they think that flights are just something you do. You just go <laughs> get on a plane. Yeah, my kids are going to be airline brats. That's okay. <laughs> For sure. All right, so let's change it up a little bit and let's tell a funny story. Do you have a story, kind of a funny or story to, to share with us about one of your, your trips? So I had just got the job on the ramp and we weren't making very much money at all at that job. So my friend and I, she had never been to New York. I had been twice. So I was like, I'm an expert. I will take you. I will show you around. <laughs> so she was like, cool, you plan it. Let's go. We booked it. We flew from Phoenix to Boston overnight. And then we took just that quick little shuttle flight over to New York. So we got into New York early morning-ish. So we had a full day, then we were gonna spend the night and then the afternoon and fly out the next day. So we had a little, about what, 27, 28 hours, something like that in New York to do everything. So we're like, great. So we, we go to the place that I got. Mind you, I've never used Airbnb before. This is my first time. I don't know that there's a difference between renting out a room and renting out an apartment. And I thought the price that I paid should have got me the entire apartment. Mm -hmm. But so we go check in, there's this Irish dude, it's, it's his place. So we thought, oh, nice, he's here to greet us. And he was, he, I think he said something about being back later that night, but I don't think it registered to us that he was gonna be back that night. Anyway, so we go out, we do our stuff and we come back that night and he's there. And we're kind of looking at each other like, okay, when's he going to leave? And he goes, do you guys want the bedroom or do you want like the couch area? And I'm just being like, oh my gosh, this Irish dude is staying with us. Like he's not <laughs> leaving. And it was like too late to then be like, oh, this isn't what I agreed to. Cause now I think it was, it was probably pretty late, like 10 o'clock at night. Anyways, we were like, um, we'll pick the bedroom, I guess. So anyway, so. I just remember we like crawled into our little like bunk beds and went to sleep and all there was like separating us. He didn't even have a door to the bedroom. It was just like a curtain. 
So we like shut the curtain, but it was so weird because he just slept out on the couch. And anyway, it was. It was I'm sure if you yeah if you weren't prepared for that that would be really weird. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. If we would have known, like, oh yeah, okay, so we're renting the room. That's different. But it was also apartments in New York are so small, right? So the shower is in the kitchen. Like, so it's not even like you get a whole, like the bathroom, like the toilet area was in its own area. But mind you, you had to walk past his bed area in the living room to get to the toilet. But it was just a... Was it considered a studio or was it a one bedroom? uh, I don't... There were no doors separating the rooms, but the bedroom was kind of built off on the side. Like you could have put a door over it, but instead of having an actual door, he just had like a curtain rod and sheet a sheet hanging down really so you learn your lesson yeah but if i still look back that new york trip was one of my favorite trips we hit we did everything in that short amount of time we didn't pay for almost anything besides like the subway fares and stuff it was that was just i learned from there on whenever i get on airbnb i need to select entire house Right. Yeah, New York is a blast. Well, I haven't been back for years either, but uh, just to connecting when I go to Europe and stuff, we often fly over New York. But yeah, it's we think that's that's one of the issues. Is it's just so expensive to stay there. Yeah, that's what a lot of times we would look to do. Like you would take a red eye in. I think I, that's what I did with um, when I took mom. And so you have all day. You you pay for one room for one night, and then you have the next day, mm-hmm. and then you fly back in the evening. So you get two days. And only have to pay one night, but, but there's so much to do in New York. You Google things to do in New York, and they're just pages, and you've heard of all of them. So yeah, uh, New York is. A- well, I know we've done it before. We've done it twice together, right? We, once we went-, we went with another one of a friend, and then just once with just you and I, because we did Christmas time together, right? I've been there for Christmas. Yeah, but so that, that was so it was twice then. Yeah, do you remember details about that one? I just of it just being cold. I remember kind of feeling like Elf and seeing like all the Christmas trees everywhere. And getting excited about the Christmas trees. And I think we stayed out in a hostel out in Harlem. Okay. I remember thinking, I'm glad you're with me. Because if it was just me and another friend, I don't know if I would have felt as safe out there. But with you, I felt just fine. Was it the one we had our Maybe own that... room? Like a shared bathroom, but our own room? Yes. Okay. I stayed there And it was like times. a blue building, kind of? I think so. Yeah. That, that I thought the place was nice. Um, but yeah, it's kind it's of... Like, it was clean. Yeah, I remember thinking, yeah, it's a nice clean room. And it was fairly close, I feel like, to the subway. Like, it wasn't all, it was a few blocks away. It wasn't bad. Yeah, the, New York is fun in uh, at Christmas time with uh, everything they do. Yeah, I, I do remember it was cool. But it, it was fun seeing Rockefeller Center all done up. And I feel like even the other streets, are all, Macy's is all done up with its Christmassy stuff. All right, so we just finished our first episode. How was it? It was good. Next week, we're going to talk about... Some of our lows and highs, as you call them, from our non-ref. Tell a few stories. So what you heard, then subscribe and uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you like and uh, how we can do better so we can try to get a little better. We're, we know we're pretty raw, but uh, we're having a good time, right? Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And I was going to say, too, if you've got some crazy stories, non-revving or just travel stories, send us an email, too. We set up an email and... What was it nonrevlounge at gmail.com? So send us some of your cool stories too, some of your crazy stories. We want to hear them. I think it's a nonrev lounge podcast. So but, uh, my voice will be like, nonrev podcast lounge. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Until next week or next trip. I was going to say, hope to see you on the, the priority list just under my name. <laughs> yeah.
I may put that at the end in the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs>